their home alone, but their parents are never coming back. Based on the story by the master of terror, Stephen King, comes the conclusion. Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio, currently cooling down after a nice summer's day. Yeah, we had a really nice day, didn't we? Yes, we did. We went out to LA. Um, We went to Amoeba. We went to my personal favorite place in Los Angeles, The Griddle. Oh, so delicious. We decided not to get pancakes so we wouldn't explode. Yes. Because they're literally the size of the biggest... there's not, there's not even a description it's essentially for how like big a the large plate pizza. Is. Think yeah. of it like Chicago deep dish pizza, except instead of one pizza, it's two pancakes. It's it's like four. It's like four pancakes. I think it's three. I and they're full three. of things that are terrible for you. Yes, but we eat them anyway because we're Americans. Exactly, and it's delicious. delicious. And find your way down there. Yes, please do. Santa um, Monica Boulevard. We stopped by Amoeba. I picked up a Blu-ray copy of Children of the Corn Runaway, which we're going to be discussing, you know, several months down the line. This is the most <laughs> recent one. But it was cheaper than the DVD copy, so I picked that one up. <laughs> yeah. That's um, what we call a bargain shopper. Yeah. Look, I'm not here trying to say, oh, I need to watch all these Children of the Corn movies in high death. <laughs> Um, because I mean, look, the one we're watching today, which is children of the corn Two: the final sacrifice is on a double DVD and the menu is literally just gray blocks. <laughs> oh, the menu is pretty dope. I liked it. It was anyway, let's do our 10 word reviews of movies we've watched in the past week. Okay. So eighth grade, a documentary on the perils of adolescence and adolescence. Gucci. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Um, my review is a lovely, bittersweet little film, Elsie Fisher for president. Okay. I mean, anybody can be president now, I guess. Um, Even sp- a woman. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. So the spy whom dumped me. And this is more of like a thought than it is like a review. Sure. But... Did you say the spy whom dumped me? Because I don't think that's right. I did say it. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't say it like that. Not intentionally, at least. Um, okay. So. Kate McKinnon must be tired from carrying an entire movie. Ooh, okay. And my review is more like the spy who cranked out a generic script. Yeah. Anyway, what were... Oh, yeah. Um, You can find a full 10-minute reviews of those shows. I mean, those movies and others on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash scream101. Um, we're working on building more content. Um, it's been difficult to record because it's been so hot in the apartment but it's actually cooling down yeah it's a pretty nice chill summer's eve it's, it's beautiful a crisp 80 degrees i love it so much yeah it's so much better than like being 85 at night or whatever the hell it's been it's been not good for anyone like 90 at night and then like everything's sticky and like things stick to one another I don't need to know. So yeah, um, here's the, <laughs> to be graphic without being graphic here's the plot of children of the corn 2 the final sacrifice when the town oh, of Hemingford discovers the gruesome massacre in neighboring Gatlin, the once quiet mid- Gatlin, the once quiet Caitlin. Midwestern town is jilted into activity. Tabloid reporter John Garrett, who is hoping to break the story on the bizarre murders, who already hasn't because he finds out way later than everybody else what's happening, mm-hmm. um, is traveling with his defiant 19-year-old son Danny. Oh, he's 19. 
Wait, that makes no sense. That's a lie. He was 19. They talked about it. Did they? Something earlier. Okay, but why did they I was really buzzed, live? but they talked about it. Okay. Mm, seems wrong. Okay. Um, but I'll take it because he was hot. While staying in a local bed and breakfast, Danny meets the orphaned Micah. Micah soon becomes the leader of the resurrected corn cults, and more adults die horrible, violent deaths. Sensing that Danny is at odds with his father, Micah tries to lure him into joining the cult. That's it. You know, good work. Good work on whoever wrote the synopsis on the back of this Miramax double feature DVD. Because that's pretty... Was that Dimension? Um, Miramax and Dimension are like... Oh, okay. They're, they're buddies. They're both wings of the company that shall not be named. Okay. Um, I'm, I just don't want to talk about it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. But um, we rate every movie we watch on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. Let's start with scariness. Did this 1992 sequel to Children of the Corn shake you up, shake you in your boots at all? Um, No. Okay, what would you rate it? I would rate it for scariness. I'm thinking. I'm thinking hard. I'm thinking thoroughly because that's what our listeners like. Yeah. Thorough thoughts. And numbers. And num- I don't know if they like numbers. Okay, no. Nobody's like, I listen for the numbers. <laughs> um, Two? Yeah, uh, that's actually one I'm landing on, too. Can you... What, what like, raised it above a one for you? Like, most direct-to-video sequels probably would be. I don't know if this is direct-to-video. The gore. The go- oh, okay. So that... Because, yeah, gore does, like, affect you in a certain way. Yeah, I'm not a fan of gore, uh, nor do I condone it, because I'm like, can't we all just make love and not war? <laughs> you just want to watch porn movies, though, uh-huh. for this podcast? Yeah. I mean, that would be a great idea. You know, a little, a little spin-off, you know, Sergio and his flicks, his skin flicks, Sergio's skin flicks. That sounds disgusting, but... Okay, I'd listen. Yeah, and you'd watch too. Um, so, okay. So, uh, yeah, this movie, the gore was good. Uh, what else was good, Brennan? Would you say, because I know you react very poorly when the gore is too much in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, did you think this was too much, or do you think it was just enough to kind of perturb you, but not like gross you out? Just enough to perturb okay. me and not gross me out because. I liked some of the setups and I guess some of the effects, which gore kind of goes in between those two, I think. Between horror and effects. Yeah, no. Um, like when someone was impaled. Sure, yeah. Wasn't someone impaled in this movie? Probably. Didn't like a corn stock go through someone or something? Yeah, it went right? like through a guy's neck. Yeah. That was great. That was really something. And it was just like cartoony enough that I was like, okay, this is clearly fake. Okay, that's good. Yeah, like the silly slasher... This weird supernatural stuff mm-hmm. like wasn't green room enough to really like throw you off. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because, yeah, the first time I saw green room, that took me for a loop. But this movie was just like, eh. It okay. seemed like low stakes enough that it was like, okay, you know? Yeah, I feel Nothing's that. bad's going to happen to the main characters. And everything bad that happened was kind of to like tertiary characters. But I was Pretty like, much. I was like, I don't really care at all. Like, there's no sense of urgency in this movie, which you kind of disagreed with me on. Um,. um well, I don't because I disagreed with you in the moment because I was like, here are the plot threads are setting up. Like, I'm also giving it two out of five, by the way, two out of five, um, because I, I thought they started to build some tension that was okay. Like the idea of Micah trying to convert Danny to join this cult of uh, corn kids, yeah, because um, that was a setup that was happening, and also he's falling in love with this girl in the town who no one else seems to interact with, and we were like... Like, nobody else interacted with yeah. this girl, and both of us thought, well, at least I thought, and then you agreed. Um, that she was clearly a demon? Yeah, I thought she was the manifestation of the mole. 
The he who walks by in the rose. The mole thing that just travels beneath the dirt. He who walks behind the rose at Caddyshack. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, like, I thought that angle was good, but it went nowhere. Um, it just leads to Danny faking it, but more so will be like, oh, did he do it or not? Unless like, oh, this kid's actually getting in his head. It was just like a silly fake out gag. Mm. Um, eh. I liked the potential of it, but it just character wise, the characters are not a strength of this movie. Like, shall we say? No, I can't remember any of the like little demon children, not even the two bad ones. There was Micah, and was there an Isaac? There was. <laughs> hold on, hold on to your butts. There was a Mordecai. Oh yeah, which um, those who remember our episode on the first movie two weeks ago, Sergio had grand struggles trying to separate whether the kid's name was Malachi or Mordecai. And now this kid's name was Mordecai. And Sergio was like, so did they recast him? I'm like, no, this is, I know it's confused. Like I can, I get where you're coming from. But this is a different kid whose name is too similar. They Not, did that on purpose. Yeah, of course they were trying to be like, Hey, remember the first one? Yeah. We have a dark haired kid and a kid with a crazy Bible name, yeah. but he's not played by Johnny Depp. So that's a plus. Why is it a plus? Oh, because of that movie? That yeah. was a really obscure reference, Brennan. Uh, Who here saw Mordecai? No one, but everyone room. saw the posters for Mordecai, which were everywhere for right. months. You're right. Um, I really had high expectations for that movie, mm-hmm. which I cannot even tell you the plot. Oh, he's a mustache detective. Is he really? Or something. Or an art thief. He has no. a mustache. And Gwyneth Paltrow is there. The only two things that a must- person with a mustache can do is like be a detective or an art thief. Yes. You're either the villain or you're the hero of your own story. Yeah, you're either the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become David Mamet. Um, oh, my God. Is that even going to connect? Are you going to include that? No, I think I'm cutting that part out of the show. So this is just going to make no sense to people. I guess it's a plug. I'm going to put that as an outtake in our Patreon. So subscribe to our Patreon. So, make, so you can understand Brennan's lame joke. Subscribe to our Patreon. But anyway, another part of scariness is that our main kid, Danny, he takes his shirt off and he's very attractive. And I'm like, I'm sick and tired of these children of the corn being very attractive. But I looked it up. And first of all, apparently his character's 19, which makes no sense because the kids would want to kill him. Well, I mean, you were like complimenting. Well, I mean, like they didn't consider adulthood until 20, I think, the way that you do. Uh, no, no, it was 19 because they were trying. They were going to murder Amos on the first day of his 19th birthday. That was the birthday. first movie, though. This is the second movie, and it's neighboring. So he who walks behind the rose is kind of for a lot. He's kind of a chiller, Jimmy Buffett esque deity now. Yeah, he's like, you know what? We got to. It's that 20. That's when adulthood begins, truly. Sure. Um, and I think that's how every generation approaches adulthood. It's like they think it's later than what it actually is. That's so true. Um, um, anyways. But anyway. The guy who played Danny, who is now a realtor, um, he was 23 or 24 at the time, which is perfectly acceptable because I'm also that age. It's true. Also, you remember that he was 19 in the movie because last night you were like, oh, yes, I can fully like him because he is 19. No, I assumed he was eight. I, I decided. Well, I decided that he was 18. Oh. Because he could have been anywhere between 16 and 19. Mm-hmm. Um, the character. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, the kids only kill you when you're 19. So clearly he's 18. So he's of age. So I can be into this. Okay. It's just, I don't want this to become a podcast of which child of the corn is most bangable because that's incredibly inappropriate. It's kind of what you're electing it to become, not me, which is odd because between the both of us... You're the dirtier one? I feel like you would say that, but clearly the proof is in the pudding. 
The proof is in the completely of age 19-year-olds played by 24-year-olds who are my age, so that's fine. Okay. You're welcome, everyone, for justifying this. See, no, that's what's scariest about this movie is these weird feelings that are stirring up. Like, (laughs) that's a bad way of putting it, I guess. No. I'm just laughing. You're digging yourself into a hole. No, but look, if you're attracted to someone in a movie with children in the title, that feels like a problem. Unless it's the movie Little Children. In which Patrick Wilson is there. Okay, yes. I think we can all agree Patrick Wilson is on the table. He is on a table in that movie, right? Or no, that's the floor. That's, they, hey, that's a basement. They do it everywhere. They just, um, in the attic, in the basement. Yeah, and then they're at that kitchen table. And oh, then, that, oh, there was a table. And Kate Winslet was just staring daggers at his wife. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't know why. It's his wife, man. Like, she should be staring daggers at you. Mm, home so wrecker. Good. So good. Okay. Well, uh, that was a good transition, actually, into away from my internal struggles and towards campiness do you have a campiness score for this movie um three (laughs) are you asking me or are you telling me i'm gonna be a kindergarten teacher i'm saying it's three good sir three okay may you use the restroom (laughs) i don't gotta pee i never have to pee it scares you it really you went a whole day without peeing it was frightening um but anyway um i'm giving it four out of five i think this movie was nuts uh, but uh, okay, the thing that I thought was the campiest and kind of puts it over the edge for me, okay, was uh, corn vision. <laughs> yeah, um, it's basically predator vision, but pr- just from the perspective of corn, probably he who walks behind the rose, but it doesn't move and it's just corn. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So th- when we first started watching this movie, I was partaking in or imbibing, I should say, in some Scotch whiskey. Is that a corn-based malt? I don't think so. Okay. Um, is there a corn alcohol? There has well, to be. Well, I mean, be. I mix it with uh, with Coke, which is made from corn syrup. So Perfect. There was corn in there. There was corn in my drink. It was appropriate. So, yes. I really do get into the spirit of these movies. Um, anyhow, I was, like, confused as to what was happening for so many of the Oh, scenes. you did not have to be drinking to be confused as to what was happening. Um, and one of my favorite characters, and so I, like, was live tweeting all of live tweeting all of this for about... The first 35 minutes of it or there so. There you go. Um, and one of the things that I latched on to was the grandma. <gasps> Mrs. Burke? She was so much fun. I love her. And she was so over the top. Well, because literally, she comes barreling into the movie just announcing herself. Mm-hmm. She has the best entrance of mm-hmm. any movie, maybe any movie ever. Uh-huh. Because they're like loading the Gatlin kids onto a bus and she just barrels in on her bike and she's like, don't take these kids into your house. She's the crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th. Yes. Bike included. Sorry, continue. Uh huh. And she's great. And one thing that was never really explained to me, I mean, you did mention, like, make a little joke out of it, but why was her house on, like, stilts or whatever? No, there's a line. Um, you were probably tweeting when during this line. Um, but she says, like, her house is, like, on a, uh, what's it? You know, is it on blocks? No, it, it's on, like, a, those things that you use. Like, it's like a tire jack for a house, almost. Yeah. Um, so, because she's like, I'm moving out of this town because these kids are here and I hate them and I know the kids are murderous and the mm-hmm. corn is evil. Mm-hmm. So, she's literally, she's up, she's upping her house, basically. Mm-hmm. Instead of a bunch of balloons, she's like winching it up and she's basically going to roll it away. Uh-huh. I remember you saying that and making that joke and I thought it was hilarious, but was that what she was doing? Yeah, no, she was like, I'm leaving this town and I'm taking the house with me. Okay, this is why homegirl is so extra. Because <laughs> you cannot uproot a house, pipes and all. Uh-huh. At least not to my knowledge. They did it in The Simpsons, but you know. Maybe she had no running water. It was a 
Hemingford, Nebraska. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, but she she's like she used to be the school teacher in Gatlin, but she moved because the kids were so creepy. Good move, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, but oh, if, one thing I will say is that the kids in this movie were far creepier than the kids in Gatlin ever were, because they always just assemble in groups of five and stare at you while yeah, terrible from the things window. happen. And then the adults realize that something's going down. Way too late. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wizard of Oz style, Mrs. Burke gets crushed by her own house, which is such a good scene. Made even better by the fact that her sister then joins the fray to oh see her, her, her body. Her sister is like Mrs. Burke times two. Mm-hmm. Like, she's basically Mrs. Burke's horcrux. Like, Mrs. Burke lives on through her sister, uh-huh. I think, Rose, um, who's a wheelchair-bound old lady. And in one of the dumbest kill scenes in the movie, which also counts towards campiness, mm-hmm. they start using a remote control car remote to control her wheelchair, which yeah. whatever, fine. Hey, they were ahead of their, their time there. They hacked it. They hacked her wheelchair. Sure. Um, look, I'll believe that I guess the demon can control remotes. I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. It's, Through it's, him, all things are possible. It's hella lame, but totally worth it because they drive her out in the middle of the street and she's like haha i'm free and then a truck hits her and launches her through the window of a bingo parlor yeah <laughs> it's so good and i think one of the attendees is like bingo yeah or, no he's like because she crashes through and he's like bingo yeah and that was such a lame capper it was such a lame capper but and that's what makes it so campy god watching the like old lady dummy thrown through the um, yeah, so it was so good. Uh-huh. Um, God, there was so much. I'm giving it a four because like, there's all the weird Wizard of Oz stuff. Uh-huh. I believe completely unintentional. But there's lots of cornfields and wind in the first part. And mm-hmm. then the old lady gets crushed by a house. And she does have a bike just like Mrs. What's-Her-Name who turns into the witch. Um, there's no dogs involved, but she has a cat. Yeah, the cat was the reason she died. Oh, yeah, because she was trying to get it out from under the house. Uh-huh. Which, just don't. You know the kids are evil. Just get out of there. Yeah, Leave the like, cat. that cat. Get a dog. The cat will be fine. The children of the corn have no rules for cats, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so, what else is there? Oh, um, speaking of creepy corn, they're, um, when the kid and his dad are having dinner at the bed and breakfast, run by a lady who has stolen Paget Brewster's haircut from that run she had on Friends. It's just a crazy bowl cut, pixie cut situation. Okay. Um... So there's bed and breakfast, and she has taken in Micah, the leader of the evil kids. Leader of the pack. Yeah. Go ahead. A song. (laughs) This is a musical episode of Scream 101. Um, But no, the scene begins with a close-up of two ears of corn sitting on a plate. And we're supposed to be like, oh, no, it's in the house. Like, we're just supposed to be like, the corn has infiltrated everywhere. Uh And I'm I'm, I'm not scared of this corn that they're eating for dinner. (laughs) Because the corn isn't even evil. It's it's the god who lives in the corn and the kids who are of the corn. One thing that is kind of evil that is corn-related is, like, this weird moss or whatever. The, the corn mold? Yeah, that, like, spreads into the air and, like, causes sickness for people who inhale it or whatever. Like, this is information provided to us by our very wise Native American friend. Oh, you mean Frank Redpear? <laughs> who may or may not be a ghost? Yes, Oh, yeah. He may have been a ghost yeah. at the end there. That was really weird. But he works at the state school down by the way, and he quickly becomes super besties with the dad reporter guy. Yeah. The dad really dug him. I really shipped him. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird stereotypical character, but at least he gets like a lot of stuff to do, even though it's mostly exposition. Yeah. But he gets to like 
murder the like uh the new Isaac with a big corn mower thing. That was fun. That was really fun. Did he kill him? I thought he did. Oh yeah, he did eventually get. Yeah, sucked he got in. like sucked under. It looked demonic almost. It looked weird because I assumed that like the whatever was possessing him like broke free. And then, like, oh, he yeah, was just crushed. His, his face turned into a monster. And it broke and apart. And the monster shattered and left. And then the kid died. Yeah. So that's kind of bleak. Yeah. Although... Well, it leaves room for a sequel. <laughs> or eight sequels. <laughs> we have a lot of these to get How there. many pieces were in that mask that broke off? Ooh, great question. So, so basically, it's going to be like a Majora's Mask situation. I don't know what I'm referencing. That's Legend that's of Zelda. Link. Are there pieces of this mask? I have no idea. Okay, but he has to collect all the pieces. Does he? Like Infinity Stones. I don't know. Okay. I made it up. Okay. Wow. I just it's imagine... Just... It's a video game with a mask in it. You so... need to write this book, Brennan. <laughs> this book needs to be written. Sure. Thank you. Um, anyway, this movie is just really a heck of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It is... Um, it lives up to the franchise title by being very corny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed it. Let's move on to effects, which this movie actually has. Uh, the other one had effects, too. But, like, not great ones. And these were great? Yes. Okay. Three out of five, great. Maybe four out of... No. I say three. Because I, don't I can't remember them. I don't remember what I gave the last one, but it. I hope it wasn't three out of five, because this is higher than that one. Um, I just... I, I really, really, really liked the kills in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of peter out towards the end, which I was a little sad about. Um... But there's that guy who gets the corn through the throat and blood starts spurting out of his veins. Yeah. And it's surprisingly gruesome. This guy gets his throat slashed by corn, which the mythology of how this is working makes no sense. Because mm-hmm. the kids are the ones who kill most of the other people. But the corn itself is what's murdering these people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a crazy voodoo doll thing. Oh, that scene. Yeah. Was insane. Where, and you know what? That scene. Okay. Now I remember why this movie freaked me out. And I might even up it from a two to a three. Great. Because um, I remember thinking like, whoa, most of the times when things happen in horror movies, there is like one place that is considered a safe haven. And uh-huh. that is a church. Yeah. Um, and it's the reason why, like, if I wake up from a nightmare or whatever, like, I cross myself because I think there is some safety in religion. Uh-huh. Uh, but in this scene, like, this guy is being controlled by a voodoo wooden corn doll thing. Yeah. Which, again, the mythology of this is just all over the place. Yeah, because we're never introduced into this. We don't know why this man is being hurt at all. Yeah, or... Or at least I did it. Yeah, and we, we haven't been introduced to the concept of voodoo, like, working in this universe or whatever. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, the point is, is that this guy is in church and lo- like slowly he's experiencing like a nosebleed. And it slowly becomes a, like a nose hemorrhage and then like it becomes like a gusher. And then like he starts bleeding from his ears and like we see that it's uh, Michael? Michael. Micah. Uh, controlling him through this voodoo thing. Uh-huh. And it's, just, it's so freaky because nobody knows what to do and how to stop it. Yeah. And there's a great Evil Dead-esque moment where he sprays face blood all over his wife. Yes. And that was pretty campy because it was kind of funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I just remember thinking like, whoa, like if – I just remember thinking like this movie could have freaked me out. Yeah. And it's a, it's a gross scene. It's a creepy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also hilarious. That scene's maybe the best in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because it actually builds tension in a way that the other movie doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just really macabre and eerie and gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that. Um, the effects are even good. That's Maybe I'm giving this a four. For what it is. Because, mm-hmm. it, look, it's it's no, like, reanimator or anything. Uh-huh. Part of me thinks that we should, like, mark down what we gave these movies and then kind of, like, rank them at the end. 
Like, and Maybe. like how we do it adjust, like we adjust them because it's kind of hard to compare apples and oranges because it's like when you're grading student essays. You're right. And you realize that you gave one a B, but then you re- read like a true B paper. And then that one that you gave a, just a B, you need to downgrade to a B minus. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Like we have to grade on the curve of Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. Um, because l- like I said in the previous one, I gave that one a three because I didn't think any movie was going to be higher than it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's yeah, like, you had really low expectations for the sequels. Yeah. Because, you know. They're sequels. Yeah. And Children of the Corn is not one of the more well-respected franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who talks about sequels, really? Like, oh. I mean, my people. Okay, never mind. Anyway, well, I mean, like, never mind. Certain franchises have good sequels mm-hmm. and people respect some of them. Um, but you are right. Oh, there's a weird hell tunnel that a kid gets sucked into. That was bizarre. Isn't, he, isn't that Michael or Danny? No, no. That was a different kid who, like, just kind of died. I thought he got, like, thrown back out. Yeah, but it wasn't it. It wasn't either of our kids. Okay, because I I feel like the kid like gets dumped out, and then Mike is like, yeah, because <laughs> Mike is there with the other kids. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know what happened there. I don't want to think about that one. Um, but yeah, no, it was just it was very good, and literally, if any movie has a better effect scene than that church scene, I will give it five out of five on effects because that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I was so into it. Mm-hmm. I really liked this movie. <laughs> oh, cool. So what's your overall score? Unless you have more things to say about effects. Um, no, I don't. And oh, oh, sorry. This is a struggle for me numerically because I, do, I don't do halvesies. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think I'm giving this a four. Okay. I'm going to give it a four too. Okay. To be f- clear, I only gave it like a seven out of ten on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that usually doesn't translate to a four for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually grade low mm-hmm. or grade down. But I thought this was markedly superior to the previous one in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Not acting ways. I think in terms of just sheer interest and like maintaining uh, interest. Yeah. And, like viewer eyes. It was more interesting. Um, story-wise, I thought the characters are really thin. And yeah. I enjoyed them more in the first one. Which True is typically how I grade movies. Like, I tend to latch on to characters simply. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I like the way they do this and, like, their characterization and that scene or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and so that, I would expect this one to be lower, but this movie did maintain my interest, and that's saying something considering I was pretty buzzed. <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah, because you're right. Like, Linda Hamilton and uh, Peter Horton have a good relationship mm-hmm. that is completely forgotten about. Mm-hmm. But, like, Isaac and Malachi are interesting as figures, and this movie has no one that it resembles any of those four people mm-hmm. or even a Joby or a Sarah, mm-hmm. the annoying little kids. Like no one has a personality in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it lacks in that it makes up for in just like total cheesy retro fun. Um, this one's much more of a slasher movie because they're instead of all the adults being killed in the beginning and then like a long period in the middle of nothing happening, literally nothing happening. Um, it, it doles it out more evenly. Okay. Um, and it's just got some totally nuts stuff in it. And I really had a good time. Um, also completely shocked that it's in direct continuity with the first movie. Hmm. Um, obviously no characters returned, but they mentioned that a couple discovered what happened in Gatlin. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Isaac and Malachi being dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place in the town of Hemingford, which is the town that um, Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton were trying to get to the one like right next door to Gatlin. Mm-hmm. Like it, it actually 
maintained a mythology and it wasn't just some new kid cult mm-hmm. i was that's good because we i remember being really like worried about what the sequels were going to be like if it was just going to be like the cult is just appears in gatlin over and over again if what was gonna like how were they going to continue the franchise yeah and like how can you kill a bunch of adults if it's just gatlin again uh-huh. like more adults move into gatlin and uh-huh. should know better uh-huh yeah I think you nailed the nail on the head there. Thank you. It Hit does, the nail on the head. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's a movie that you should not think too hard about. And mm-hmm. it definitely peters out towards the end. Mm-hmm. But I had a really good time. Yeah. What was your favorite part of this movie? My favorite part of this movie? That's a good question. Uh, being proven wrong. That is nice, isn't it? Yeah. As much as it sucks. Yeah, because I was really ready to be like, okay, this chick is clearly going to be evil. And then it turns out she was just a victim. Yeah, and I was proven wrong that the sequels might be better sometimes. Yeah. We both learned something. We both, it was a really, it was a growth experience for everyone. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I guess that about wraps up that conversation, I would say. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, we're going to make some guesses as to what happens in the next one. But first, um, here's how you can find us on the interwebs. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us, and give us five stars. Like, I, I, okay, I was going to say, like, I might have given this movie. That was never going to happen. But you never know. Like Maybe one maybe, we... maybe Children of the Corn freaking... 666 Isaac's Return will be a 5 out of 5 movie. Yeah, we never know. Maybe it'll be a 6 out of 6 movie. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you you got me shivering all over. It wasn't that great of a joke. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what's happening is next week, or not next week, um, in two weeks, we get to watch Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Ooh. That means they go to a city. Okay. I mean, good prediction. I think that'll be like 100% accurate. Hopefully they spend more time in the city than like when Jason went to Manhattan. Good. I'm so glad and you. Just, he just went to like, you know, freaking Neiman Marcus and then left or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. What if Urban Harvest is just them on a bus for like 70 minutes and then they show up in, in some random city? Yeah. Um, I do know. I know literally one thing about this movie and it's that Nicholas Brendan, who played Xander on Buffy, is in it playing a basketball player at one point so i know there's basketball in this movie which is urban yeah it's as urban as you can get okay my guess is i mean maybe it'll be a similar thing where like i mean there's these kids are in orphanage and they get like picked up by some sort of nunner no you know what they're being sent to an orphanage in the city Mm -hmm. and then they do creepy things at their new school Mm -hmm. that sounds good to me that sounds perfect to me. And then they murder everyone in a city. Oh, I would love that. If it was just 90 minutes of children murdering, like, thousands of adults, mm-hmm. I would watch that movie. Oh and God. maybe I That's will. not going to happen. That, no, they don't have the budget for that. No, and then that would be pretty... Because you have to imagine that, like, these movies are sequels. And, and like, what does that leave for the fourth one? Like, just continents of people being overrun by corn? Yeah. No, look, um, they're... These movies were not necessarily made thinking, oh, we're going to make another one. It's This is the last one we'll make. Mm-hmm. And then they make some money, and then they're like, all right. Okay. Let's find a way to like bring this back. Because this literally was called The Final Sacrifice, which is a, a phrase that has nothing to do with the plot. Uh-huh. 
Um, I just think it's one of those things that um, happened a lot in the 90s. Dimension acquired a property, and then they were like, let's finish this up. Let's just tie it in a bow and send it on its way and like just make the money of a sequel and probably distribution of the original and like call it a day. And then surprise, surprise, we get eight more of these. Okay. Do you have any specific predictions for Urban Harvest? Um, I think it's probably going to be a little offensive. Oh, no. I You know what? I bet it's going to be a city of only white people. Yeah. I think there's going to be more urban people than we think. This movie had a black person. It did, didn't it? He died fairly early on, I believe. Oh, yeah. He was the first kill. Um, but, hey, you know, one is more than zero, which was Very the last true. one Very true. So had. maybe there will be two in the next one. Yes. Hooray. Anyway. Diversity um, is slow. <laughs> it's a process. Yeah. Um, next week. We're going to be starting a new franchise. I mean, I, we've both seen the first movie of this, and I've seen all the movies, but we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street. <gasps> Yay! Um, I want to play. What? Never mind. Okay. Is that, are I you was, thinking of Saw? I think it was uh, Child's Play. Oh, okay. You know how little Chucky's like, want to play? Uh-huh. All right. Nothing to do with Elm Street, but anyway, cool. They're both punny people, and they're both gingers. Is Freddy Krueger a ginger like if his face is red? They both like stripes. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, we're going to be starting with 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. So we're, we're returning to the year that Children of the Corn came out. Um, so we're bookending this month with 1984 features. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Elm Street is a favorite of mine. I love Wes Craven very, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to go on the journey and fill in your uh, Freddy gaps because you've seen a decent amount of these movies, but not all of them. Honestly, don't know what I've seen and what I haven't seen. Yeah, neither do I. For sure the first two, and then I think the last two. Yeah, something like that. But the middle, we'll have some fun surprises along the yeah. way. Um, yeah, so that's what we're doing next week. Um, two weeks after that, catches for Urban Harvest. And, I don't know, you know, then the whole rigmarole starts all over again. Get some Omen up in there, yeah. some Damien Omen 2, more Children of Corns. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. We'll tell you which ones are the sexiest. You're welcome. I'm so ready for these. Uh, the the of age adults of the corn. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now I've made myself uncomfortable again. Okay. Um, catch you next week. Until next time. Good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey everyone, welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and then proceed to analyze the two. Why did you pick these two movies? Because both sequels reference and parody the original. They're both werewolf movies. And both of the main characters feature disabilities. I wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots. I liked the theme of misunderstood monsters. Fair warning, there will be spoilers. I'm Justin. And I'm Brandon. You can subscribe to us on CastBox and iTunes. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.